Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Um, right, okay, straight to the point. It's uh, it's Liam, Fraser, and Simon. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Wow, that was that was efficient, wasn't it? Efficient or rude? <laughs> it was somewhere in between. Um, <laughs> um So um, during this pod, we are sort of reviewing the Burton game and then previewing the Sunderland game. Um, and that is so we are reviewing the third of nine is that right and previewing the fourth <laughs> of nine something like that all these stats thrown around of how many games we mm, we played yeah something like, something like that yeah um in a, a crazy busy february um first things first um the the term must win game um i i don't know i don't like it in any situation unless it is literally if you win, you stand a chance of getting promotion, getting, you know, staying up or whatever it is. And yeah. if you lose, you don't have a chance. That's when it's a must win game. But when, as as we said on the past on the pod last week, when you need realistically 30 odd points, then, you know, it doesn't matter where they come from. Ideally, they're there sooner rather than later. But. I don't know. I just don't like the term. Am I alone in in having that as a bit of a bugbear? Um, I yeah, I'm with you that I don't like the term. However, if we need to pick up wins, I would earmark Burton Albion as one of them. We didn't do that, but um, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying in that it creates all this pressure that must win, must win, must win. But um. Yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from, but um. But also, weren't there must-win games in the fifteen-sixteen season against Accrington and Luton and Northampton and Bristol Rovers, all in the space of about a month? <laughs> and we, Probably. I think, from those games, we got a draw and we still went up. It was fine. But we um, we, we didn't do a podcast then, so I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Uh, and that that wasn't in um, response to the person who who tweeted us directly to say it was a must win. It was uh, all the people who were saying that. Um, I I just I I just disagree with the term unless it is a must win. Yeah. It's like people who say literally when it's not. Yeah, <laughs> that was just in my mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's literally the worst thing that could ever happen. Ah, uh, no, it's not. not. Is it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so this this game that, in my opinion, wasn't a must win, but some people said it was. We didn't win, as you said, Fraser. Now, we we've spoken many times, being Oxford fans, about if we if someone has a run going, we'll put an end to it. Whether that is that they've lost fifty two games in a row, which I, I can't imagine, but and then they come to play us, they'll beat us. Um, but similarly, teams can win 15 or 16 in a row and then we'll beat them. Um, what happened with Burton apparently is at home, they've not been conceding many and they've not been scoring many. Um, if they've won, it's been 1-0. If they've lost, it's been 1-0. We got two all draw. And and frankly, like if you're, if you're not scoring many at home and we're playing you when you're at home, we'll gift you a couple of goals. <laughs> I just, yeah. it was painful. You could just see it happening. I mean, from a goal kick again. Burton's goal was just. Burton's first goal, sorry, was. Um, oh, for the love of Christ. <laughs> I'm. Ed, Ed, Ed. I'm trying so hard not to swear, but it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. He's um, got a pound above the, the swear jar, just in case. 
I think that we um, we we weren't at it in the first half. Having said that, they didn't really create anything. It was it was you know a, a nothing first half in which we gave them a goal. We didn't create much yeah. ourselves. Um, we did a few minutes before they scored. By a few minutes, I mean like fifteen minutes before they scored. Have a few corners that went right across the face, and you know just no one touched mm. it. Um, it's screaming out to be yeah. put in, and then yeah. gifted them a goal. I don't know what it's because I watched it on iPlayer. Uh, I follow, not iPlayer. <laughs> um, that's I a, that's it on... a that's a retro reference there. <laughs> you could have said um, Yellow World. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched it on iFollow, and um, I like Jerome, lovely guy. Um, whenever we do the phone in stuff, it's not him we're digging at. But he going? said he said about um, the wind isn't really affecting the ball much. What? Yeah. What was he watching? Every time it went up in the air, and then there was one time it was horrendous how much it affected. It was like, oh, the breeze caught it slightly. Then it's like, oh, you are <laughs> you are getting away with it when it, people are just listening on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I on, yeah. on 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 what you've just said? Can I say that? This hasn't actually been mentioned on our group chat, so I don't know how this is going to be received. So I'm, 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 uh, what's the, what's the phrase? I don't want to say pissing in the way. Apprehensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm apprehensive as to how it's going to be received. But I very much enjoy the contributions of one Stephen Kinnebrough. I think he's really good. I do on the whole. He does one thing that irritates me that commentators and pundits do. Um, but he doesn't do it too much and is willing to override himself, which is when pundits or commentators say what the manager should be doing as if they know management <laughs> better than the manager. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. that basically stems from watching Alan Hansen slag off Alex Ferguson. Yeah. And going, anything with kids, look, mate, yeah. if, if, you, <laughs> if you were as good at management as Alex Ferguson is, you would be a manager. Yeah. Um, and and I get that you know pundits get paid paid uh, paid plenty for what they do, and you know that's probably a better career to have because you only work a couple of days a week. But I don't know. Just every so often, he was at one point going, "Oh, I don't know what Robinson's doing. Only playing one up top." Well, I, you know, he's he's doing all right, isn't he, for a man making a living? Yeah. Um, most of his seasons have ended up in the playoffs. Um. It, it, like yeah I don't know but then later on in the game he went oh, I'll take your hat off to Robinson he's managed this game perfectly the way, the timings he's made the subs <laughs> what subs he's made like yeah. so he does override it but that's my one bugbear with commentators in general seems to call things as he sees them throughout the game and I think he gives a really good sort of um you know Jerome Nathan Nick are all involved in the Oxford setup as you like and I like the fact that he comes in and sort of gives a an assessment as as far as he can see it and and like you say a lot of it is uh Carl should be doing this that and the other but you know he's not a manager never has been but I think a lot of it is also the perspective of, of a former professional footballer who who um can give a good a good insight into what's happening I do like that he says us 
Arsene yeah, Wenger yeah, all good. the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I like it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's also something with a a player. I, I guess he doesn't watch us week in week out in the same way that the likes of Jerome and Nathan and Rosie when he's doing the commentary do. So so there's that slightly fresh perspective that you're you're not perhaps tainted or or, or influenced by how we've played in in you know lots of or all of the games. You're kind of coming in and just you're just commentating or, or punditing on that one game. And you, you're you're yeah. sort of you're not sort of um, giving people a bit of a free pass because they've had decent games previously. You you're kind of doing it just on that one game. The only thing that slightly annoyed me was he kept calling them button, and I I was who were we playing? Button. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just oh you know, that's, that's just uh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm of Scottish descent, so I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> um, I, I do agree that he's he's very good, and and actually it, I like that he obviously still follows the club um yeah. that that makes yeah. me happy um and and does feel part of the club uh, is great um in terms of you know the the rest of the game um I, we've got to talk about Adji because there's this this big obviously movement to go Taylor and Mackey are rubbish and we need to give Adji a try and um I'm gonna nail my post to the mask and then hand over to you and See what you guys think. I think he is a phenomenal sub that comes on and has pace and tricks and fresh ideas against a tired defence. And I think that works well. I'm not sure that starting him from the beginning, he would have the same effect. What do um, you guys think? I, 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 I don't know if I can know an answer to that, because have we ever started him from from the first minute? Uh, only in the, I think we did in the checker trade or leasing dot com or whatever. Every time he's come on, like you say, he's been very good. Um, so, I I don't know. It seems impossible to tell that is that is that because he's coming on as a sub, or um, he would be good that good throughout the entire game. The main thing with Aji, when we first got him, we were told about his pace, weren't we? Yeah. In that he'd um he was very quick and. He could, you know, uh, he was quicker than, was it, he had some record or something, didn't he? He was quicker than any other striker in training or something like that. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't... I mean, I think that was, it was connected to Burnley, wasn't it? Um, oh, was quicker that a Burnley than record? Ma- okay, right. I, I would have thought quicker than Jamie Mackey and Matty Taylor is like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is at best a two-horse race, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'll say is, I, I, I think that he's been. I mean, it's undeniable he's been outstanding as a substitute. So now, it does with natural evolution. It, it sort of knocks on the door of should he be starting, doesn't it? Yeah, it, I, I it, get that. Go on, Simon. I was gonna say it, it. There's, there's that old sort of we don't see them in training, and and the and the managers do, but. It, training isn't a match as as you know is regularly said you know oh you can do it in training it's not quite the same as match situation so i think it 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 is difficult to know whether he could do it from the start when he's not being played from the start but i i totally get what you're saying and 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 maybe he's going to be one for the future and he's learning his trade and all that sort of stuff that he's it's easier for him to come on and impact a game when he's up against tiring defenders and therefore that helps his confidence. You know, if you throw him on at the start and he finds it tough, is that going to 
sort of impact on his on his development. So it it, it is a tricky one, and it, it kind of do you say, well, it worked because when he came on, he scored, or do you, you know, you can take the other side of the argument and say, well, he scored, so he should be starting. It's who knows. It's it's, it's a tough one, and and these things are always always hypothetical. You know, we we we've got no idea if he'd start whether he'd have scored two or three, because it's it's gone now, and and we've got no way of of replaying the game and and, and trying that, but. If if he's coming on and having an impact, that's great. Um, and I guess the thing is, we need to have centre forwards who are making. You know, if our centre forwards who start aren't having an impact, well, maybe you give them a chance. And if you don't have an impact, it's not it's not having a negative effect overall. Yeah, I, I mean, what we saw yesterday was a classic. Taylor didn't do much throughout the game, and then. Right admittedly it it hit him and went in but it's because he was in the right position exactly and that's what you're getting with matty taylor he can he can play and and be rubbish and still score Mm, um whereas some some players need to be you know they're either on song or they're not and and uh i think what we saw from the two strikers yesterday was exactly what they've been used as thus far, which is someone being in the right place at the right time and another one coming on and play, playing against tired defenders. I'd quite like to see Adji say that he's a super sub, but is that just cruel? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Like, I think in all, in all honesty, he seems like a real like hardworking, committed player that we... Um, are really really lucky to have uh, in yeah. the ranks um and i'm sure he will get his his chance starting but i wouldn't do that against i wouldn't do that on a cold tuesday night i wouldn't do it um against sunderland i wouldn't do it <laughs> you know i'd wait until you've got um maybe south end maybe um a, a game that is against a team that aren't you know going to go up or go down or their fate has already been sealed. I, I think that's when you give that a go. But I mean, by the way, Dan, if you want to score a hat trick on Saturday, we will. Three of us will eat humble pie happily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a very good player, and from the moment he came on against Southend and scored his first, yeah. he just looked dangerous. I know it was only yeah. you know seconds later. Same again yesterday. It's like perfect place for that pass to go through. Was it a no look pass as well? to go through and, you know, pace onto it and then sort of a roof against Swansea style finish. Um, oh, just Liam, it don't go up. just throwing that round. Uh, well, it wasn't his first, <laughs> it was his second that I was referring to, for the record. Um, just yeah. because it hit him and it was like, that's going in. <laughs> we gave them a goal. We worked hard and played quite well at the beginning of the second half and you've got to, you know, whatever Robinson said during the break worked. Um, managed to get back into it, had a few more chances, couldn't put them away. And then uh, it was just a long ball over the top and just no one no one doing what they should be. I'm right in thinking that of the last two games when we've conceded six goals, have they all been from our own mistakes? Oh, like individual errors? God, you know, I hadn't realised that, but I think you're actually right. Mm. <laughs> I yeah, I think you're right. I think they they have they have, haven't they? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the flip side is we scored from a corner, and I think the last time we did that was like the mid 90s. Was about wasn't it? 25 <laughs> years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just well, don't no, score Ch- from corners. Che Dunkley the, year, the day we went up. That yeah. Good. Yeah. So we we drew we got I I personally even though we didn't win and we really wanted the win the way they battered us at home um and going behind twice and coming back and equalizing in the last minute I see it as a positive result. Yeah. No yeah. no I I think you're absolutely right. I mean had we not scored it's it's a weird thing isn't it? Had we not scored that equalizer I would be in a completely different mood about that game. I mean, it's it all comes down to that. Had we lost that, I'd be really down on Oxford at the moment. But I think the fact that we were able to come back, um, like you say, it was that 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 equalising goal made all the difference. Was it? I mean, I asked you, was it was it Goran who makes the who makes the cross in? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, that his work to put that ball in is outstanding. Well, because most people would have just let it go, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely what I thought as well. So most players would let that ball go, and the fact that he's now out for two games, the next two games, the next two games of Oxford United mean nothing to him. But I mean, he he fought for every everything he could for that ball, put the ball in, and we we managed to get an extra point out of it. And come the start of May, I mean, who knows what that point's going to be worth? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um... I don't know. It just the way we do battle till the last minute is great. Even against Peterborough, the reason they scored a third and fourth are because we were going for it. Yeah. Even at four 0 down, we're attacking at the end. Um, and with with Shorty there and his fitness um, know how, we do seem to have another gear. Yeah. Yeah. And that does go on for ninety six, ninety seven minutes. So I I do yeah I I there's a reason people stay behind behind until the 84th minute against Newcastle is because you know that you know something could happen uh, and I think especially after losing four 0 at the weekend to go behind twice and still battle on until that and get the equaliser I think it's got to be a, a positive. I think it it shows the togetherness of the camp as well. You know, I, I, um, Carl Robinson was saying the players. Are kind of in every day now. They want to be in every day. They're working, you know, on stuff. They're trying to improve, and I, that, that's as well as the fitness. That's that's kind of the mental side of it as well. That they're they're kind of up against it a bit. It's there's you know we've got injuries, we've got suspensions. The form's not been great, uh, but there's there still seems to be a desire there. It's you know they're not giving up on the season by any stretch. I know, you know, you, we could argue we've got you know, stuff 4-0, but it was one of those games. Whereas, you know, in the past, under Pep, you know, Clotet, at the end of his reign, even though we were kind of mid-table and doing all right, you could just see the players didn't want to be there. Mm. So there's there's clearly a, a good atmosphere about the place. And, and you kind of think, well, if, if we get a, a result at the weekend or maybe against Ipswich, it could just reignite it. It's almost like... We need something to get the fans going again. Yeah, um, yeah. I think what you said about Pep in, in particular really <laughs> resonates. <laughs> the amount of people going, why have they sat their manager? They're tenth. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was because even when we were winning, we were a shambles. 
Um, and when it reaches a point when you get stuff 7-0 and he congratulates the players and when they're shushing the fans after they score and then go on to lose 2-1 yeah. against he, the team that lost him. In the middle of midfield, a guy who's now playing like fifth division Spanish football or and instead of a guy who's you know currently in the midfield of a team pushing for promotion to the Premier League. Yeah, uh, it just it's, like that whole... That, that yeah. era was defined by those... Probably eight or nine games towards the end of his um, mm. his tenure, uh, I, it, like there was just little belief, and and with Appleton in particular, when you know, oh, there was a bad game. Listen to Appleton on the radio. I feel better. Listen yeah. to Pep on the radio. Don't know what the hell is going on. Mm. Um, listen to Robinson on the radio. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, different. Um, Different viewpoints there. Um, with Gorin being out, um, obviously going into the Sunderland game, he was in the Sunderland Academy, so he'll be gutted to be missing it. Who would fill that gap for you? Because obviously Kelly went off. Don't know how serious yeah. that was. Um, who, who do you play in that position? Uh, I, I don't know, because you want that passion of Gorin, don't you? Moose fill the gap and put more at centre-back. Yeah, uh, that's probably what I would go for because I think we looked very pom- promising there last season. Yeah. It's been something think... that Robinson hasn't wanted to do as much and I don't know why. Yeah, a, a, another option might be Brannigan, but I thought second half is forward play and he's getting in and, and sort of being creative and driving stuff forward was was kind of a part of the reason behind why we play, we had a much better second half and you don't want to negate that by making him the defensive midfielder especially as he's not been flying into tackles you can't <laughs> since he's come back from injury I think yeah I don't know how close to full fitness um, Thorne might be um, but I think Massinho is probably I'd agree with you I think Massinho probably would be the one that's what I would do I think uh second choice in my head would be would be Thorne because mm. I think with his experience and his ability I think you know that'd be great but he might only be able to do the first half or whatever yeah. and then change things up what you just said about Brannigan though at 35 minutes it was like he went ah oh, I've got to sort this game out and suddenly mm. Brannigan was back yeah. um I just clicked my fingers then don't know if the mic picked that up <laughs> uh, but, I'll add yeah. a click effect in <laughs> it was it was that sudden that yeah. you know he you was. You don't know whether, there. like we were, we were talking about in the previous pod about how he's played since he's come back from injury. You know, I I, it, I don't remember a particular thing that happened during the game. It might have just been a tackle he went in for, and it, it kind of didn't hurt if that makes sense. I know there's been that sort of talk about the injury he's been getting residual pain and that kind of thing. It might have just been as something as simple as you know winning the tackle and going. I can yeah okay I'm back so yeah you're right it was there was a kind of all of a sudden he's he's running the game again which was what he was doing during our purple patch earlier on in the season and yeah great to have him back playing like that and him and Gorin working so well together which is why it's so disappointing that Gorin's now going to miss a couple of games um uh right okay so let's move straight on to kind of predictions and stuff at the moment Sunderland are, are flying we're still stuttering um I I just there's something about us at home at the moment I quite like so I'm still going to say an Oxford win but I'm going to say it's it's going to be 2-1 two, two, um let's go Fraser first I am going to say 2-0 to Oxford cool I like it Simon 
Yeah, I'm going to go one-one because I think that's that all, that's all we seem to do against Sunderland. But yeah, yeah. You, you're fair right enough. about them flying, but it's interesting looking at who they've been flying against. Mm-hmm. Um, the teams they've played are teams that are either at the bottom or towards the bottom, or teams like Ipswich who've you know fallen off a cliff and Wickham who've also fallen off a cliff in terms of their form. So it's it, it, I'm, I'm I don't want to get sort of uh, you know too optimistic because they have been on a decent run of form but you wonder whether that's just slightly sort of um exaggerated by the by the teams they've been playing so uh, yeah I, i'm gonna go one one cool I, i'd like your your sort of optimism there <laughs> within <Yeah>. your <laughs> within your prediction as well um uh yeah i it'll be really interesting to see who does shape up uh, i thought long going off was uh an interesting time to do that whether it's to give ford minutes at right back to see how he settled in but i thought he did a, a decent job when he came on um i suppose he's another one that could go defensive midfield isn't he ford because he's played mm. all well everywhere pretty much for us hasn't he he's only been here a few months um yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what the lineup is and the, and the other yeah. one we've not mentioned for that position is Jamie Hansen. I don't know what what his fitness is. Was it, just trying to think, was he on the bench last night? I'm asking that question because I don't know. <laughs> he might be one that goes goes in there as as the defensive. Yeah, because he has played the yeah. development games, hasn't he? So he yeah. he has played games, but not in the not in the first team. First team. No. Um, Jamie Mackey obviously should have been there, but. Um, family bereavement, so mm. thoughts with uh, with him and his family. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, well, we'll just see what happens because I have no <laughs> idea. He keeps on saying, <clears throat> I don't know, he keeps on talking about when Woodburn's back. I've no idea how long that's going to be. They've been quite quiet about how Brown is and I'm sure it's on purpose to not know, you know, mm. how, uh, it, who we're going to play and that sort of thing, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Um, um, cool. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say uh, a year ago from last weekend, I was in uh, I was in Liam's stomping ground actually. I was in Bournemouth uh, for someone's thir- for giving me a shout. Someone's thirtieth birthday. Unbelievable. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I was in. You can pitch the exact scene if you've been there. I was in O'Neill's in Bournemouth. Oh, lovely place. Where that is, yeah. I, I've not been... Is it like every other O'Neill's? Yes. It is yeah, okay. exactly like that, yeah. There's lots of Guinness and Caffrey's. And um, sticky floor. Yeah, correct, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was watching the Friday night championship game, and the game was... I don't know who they were playing, but the home team was Sheffield United. Now, Sheffield United were 2-0 up, or 1-0 up, something like that. Anyway, they blew the lead that they had... And they either drew or lost. No matter, no matter what it was, I found a certain joy in this because the manager of Sheffield United had blown the fact that they were up at the top of the championship. And the manager, of course, was Chris Wilder. Now, this is the bigger point I'm, go- I'm making here because I was thinking about this recently. For some reason, since the time he left us to now or to fairly recently... I've had a certain animosity against Chris Wilder, which I think a lot of Oxford fans share. And I have no idea why. Now, two points I'm going to make here. One is that are we wrong to think that because he delivered us from non-league? 
um, despite the sort of three or four stagnant years we had in League Two after that. Also, um, is his achievement in the last 10 years in English football... Honestly, I'm even at the point now where I'm thinking, I think it's unrivaled by a manager in English football. What he's managed to do in the last 10 years. What do you guys think? I think that is, you know, there are some really interesting points there. Um, uh, Firstly, I completely agree. Certainly English managers, I would say, unrivaled. Um, I think the only one you can compare in terms of being down in in other leagues you know would be Eddie Howe at Bournemouth and he he didn't do the conference yeah, and to yeah. be honest he's he's done well at Bournemouth yeah. and he's established them but I, mean, it, I don't it, think they were ever at a point where they were looking at European football I, mean, it, I think you you're right I, yeah if 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 we just if we just and I, I know we know but if we just lay out what Chris Wilder achieved mm. in a 10 year period he took us from what 19th in the conference to promotion through the playoffs we had a fairly few sort of mm, nothing years in League Two. Yep. He left us for Northampton Town, where they were nailed on for relegation. He yep. saved them for relegation the last year on the last day of the season against mm. us. Um, they stabilised. They won the League Two the same year we went up. He left for his hometown club. They went from League One to the Championship to the Premier League. Not only the Premier League, but they established themselves. I mean, they're currently fifth. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And it, I don't watch a huge amount of, of Premier League football live. I, I occasionally watch Match of the Day. But Sunday afternoon, I, I spent the afternoon with my dad, made him dinner, and we watched the, the Sheffield United game against, funnily enough, against Bournemouth, talking about Eddie Howe. And it was interesting, you know, the, 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 the tactical stuff that he's doing, that I can't remember who the um, pundit was, but he was sort of saying, you've got, they play with three centre-halves, but they don't, defend as just three centre-halves who just stay at the back and, and whack things forward. They were, you know, their centre-halves were, were setting stuff up and getting crosses, pulling crosses back from the byline. And, and yeah, they, yeah, they really underlap unusual... the wingers, don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you've got a big centre-half going forward in, and popping up here, there and everywhere. And they, it's, yeah, it, it, you're right. It, I, I, I'd be, you would be pushed to, to name a, a manager who's, whose achievements would match that because so many managers in the Premier League are, you know, serial winners. They're, if they're, you know, the likes of Guardiola, who was at Barcelona and, and um, Bayern Munich or, or Ancelotti's, but, you know, they're, they're all, or a lot of them are, have, have either managed all around Europe at all the top clubs or their managers who've been, you know, managers at the top level for a long time wherever it might be, whether that's, you know, clubs, you know, in, in the UK or Europe or wherever. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I think you're right that the the kind of animosity, if that's the right word, or or difficult to, you know, to, to feel much affection towards the guy. I, I never met him, so I don't know what he's like. But you, no, you, I never you met hear him. stories that yeah. he was a bit kind of chipper and, and all yeah. of this, but, but, you know, he's... He's a Yorkshireman, isn't he? You know, yeah, but, uh, he'll be yeah. he'll be he'll be blunt and 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 uh, yeah. Do you know the weird Sorry, and the weird thing is that, that you know the that that night I started this with that night I was in Bournemouth watching mm. them play uh, on the Friday night game. Um, my good friend Tom, who listens to this, Tom Leonard, um, says to me a lot 
that uh you know sort of makes a joke about the fact that i was against him that night and i was and i think about it now and i think why was i so happy that he lost that night and also the the day that we the day that they had us in the last game of the season and he rescued them from relegation my biggest disappointment that day <laughs> was that <laughs> they didn't go down and i and i sit here now and think mm. that's crazy why did i think that and also that, the the that's guy football. that's rival well, no, no football, you're right that's no absolutely absolutely Simon. you're right you're right and i mean the the guy in his achievements i'm talking about has managed three clubs in that time so we're mm. one third of that achievement you know and his achievement was being that he took us from pretty much the bottom of the conference to getting into League Two and establishing ourselves. And no matter what we knew or didn't know about the budget that he had to play with in League Two, which we've since sort of heard murmurs that he it didn't really like have a lot of money. It was four or five. Yeah. Mm. So really, in hindsight, we sort of think we should have given that guy a bit more credit than we did. I just think it's a funny thing, isn't it? That I don't think I'm alone in this, that... A lot of Oxford fans still now, or until fairly recently, still regard him with a certain level of contempt that I can't quite understand because he has every right to claim himself as, as I'll say it, as an Oxford legend. I mean, he took us out of out of non-league football when Jim Smith and Darren Patterson couldn't do it, mm. you know. And and for a long time we sort of thought, will we ever get out of this? You know, he sort of delivered it. After that, I guess my whole point with this is a year anniversary came up on something and I and I, I thought to myself, why did I ever dislike Chris Wilder so much? I can't understand it. But well, I did. The, the way in which he left, just walking out the building one day, isn't cool. Um, then there was the whole Northampton-Oxford. I, I know that Map was kind of the one that started it <laughs> with like, we're the better team in League Two. Well, no, but... let's be honest. He was the one that started it. Yeah. He, yeah. He 100% but, was. You know, you know, Wilder, but, 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 Wilder carried it on. Um, it, I, but, but, I've but, heard but, but... from from a few players I've spoken to that don't have a connection with Oxford United. I'd like to, to sort of reiterate <laughs> that. That they nearly signed for Oxford and or Northampton. Um, and and sort of failed medicals and that sort of thing because they actually had them sometimes, um, and so they didn't end up signing for for them for whatever reason. Basically said, as a person, he's a knobhead. As a manager, he's incredible. Really, and yeah. okay, and yeah. I think I can see that. I can imagine that to be true. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think. As I said, the way he left and then with the whole Northampton thing, that's where the animosity comes from. But realistically, he had two, maybe even three years of fans calling for him to go. I genuinely never called for him to go. Um, But yeah, fans wanting him out when realistically with a bottom four or five budget, he's getting us just outside the playoffs and making us believe something can happen. With the players that he had, I mean, the players he's got now, we had in League Two, some of them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's absolutely. playing them in the Premiership. Yes, they've improved over time, but you know there there are Bulldog, Lundstrom, Billy Sharp played in League Two. Um, you've got all these these players that have gone up with Sheffield mm. United that he's still playing. It's the same, you know, largely the same squad that went up last season, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah, and I mean, I saw on um, 
Do you know what kicked this all off for me was that I saw on the club website they're having the 10-year anniversary thing of the um, playoff final from the conference and that Chris Wilder is invited and has accepted his, inv- has, has accepted his invitation. Um, and it, it sort of resonated with me. I just thought, do you know what? It's time to it's time to lay to rest the animosity that we have with this guy and 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 accept the fact that he did he did a great job for this club. Mm. I I yep. I genuinely believe that. Cool. We'll take him off the swear jar list then. <laughs> I was um, gonna say, could we have a vote? <laughs> could we have <laughs> the will of the people? Could we um, um you know Yeah, what happens if it's like fifty two forty eight? Do we revote or <laughs> uh well I mean there's only three of us. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul's lost his right to vote. <laughs> um yeah, I I do I don't know, I I think he's an exceptional manager. I think we were lucky to have him and he did some great things for us. Um, I, I do think he's exceptional. And I actually don't have that much of a problem solely yeah. because that last game of the season, when he came to the Kassam, um, it was at the Kassam, wasn't it? It was at North Wherever Hampton. it was, he momentarily threw a clap towards um, the Oxford fans. Yeah. And that for me was like, cool, that's fine. Yeah, uh, and I think when they came and back I mean, to the Sam next season, he did the same, the same thing. It, it, it's what a funny... might be interesting as well is his next move. You know, you, you see with some of the clubs that get come up through the divisions and do really well, and and the, you know Claudio Ranieri winning the Premier League with with its, uh, with uh, Leicester, and then getting sacked halfway through the next season. If if they struggle next year, or or something happens and he, he gets the boot. Be interesting to see where he ends up because I I don't think he'll he won't want to leave. You know if it, if they're still in the Premier League and still yeah. doing well, I think you know yeah. he's obviously a he's a Sheffield United legend. He loves the club, and you kind of think he's not going to end up at Arsenal or Spurs or Man United or whatever. I think because though that level of club goes for the the established big big name because though yeah. they then attract the big name players from overseas that, that are aware of that type of manager and I, you kind of think where what his next move might be and yeah. it's a, it's a difficult one you know you you could see him going to somewhere like Newcastle um he wouldn't go there now but out of choice obviously but as and when he leaves Sheffield United it will be an interesting to see where where football sort of thinks he he is you know what but i mean it, it, yeah but it, no absolutely i get where you're coming from and but it's a weird it's a weird thing with hindsight isn't it in the mm. i bet if you asked all of our fans who attend regularly michael apperton would be the hero in most of his eyes yet yeah. they both achieved one promotion you mm. know and the the arrogance that we often cite chris wilder with we put against him we say he's quite an arrogant bloke is Five percent, if that, of the arrogance that we love Chris Maguire for. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. you know, and I don't mean to bring him up. We're going to see him on Saturday, but it's 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 nothing compared to what we loved him for. You know, we pick. What I'm saying is, we pick we pick and choose our our heroes and our enemies, don't we? Yeah. You know, in a funny yeah. way, but anyway, that's nothing to do with current affairs. I just it, it came into my mind, and I thought I would bring it up. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, yeah. I think very valid point. I, I, yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes yeah. next. But yeah, it honestly, wouldn't, if he did get a big, big job, it wouldn't surprise me if he became the first English manager to win the Premier League. No, but um, yeah, because I, I think he's got that ability. 
There you go. Um, it, even when he first took over at Sheffield United, um, we then had Sheffield United at home, and I was speaking to some Sheffield fans and said, he'll get you to the Premier League. Um, yeah. So I can sort of, I'll never see him again, but <laughs> yeah. I can be quite smug that I was, because yeah. when I said it, they were like, oh, really? You think he's that good? I was like, yeah, yeah. he'll do that. He'll do that. Um, but because I'm, he's yeah. actually someone who can work well with a budget and without a budget. Yeah. He can succeed. And um, I, you know, and I'm not saying all Oxford fans should think like me, but certainly personally, I've I I recently have just buried it with Chris Wilder. I just think, do you know what, the guy deserves the credit because he's, he has more than displayed that he is an an expert football manager. You know, and it's it's not really even debatable, is it? Uh, and of the seven in a row, he was three of them. He what that he that yeah. he was, <laughs> and, and the one at home, you know, the Beano sending off, that was an absolute masterclass in, yeah. in yeah. managing a game and just yeah, absolutely getting one over on Decanio. Yeah. yeah. He oh. also called the conference a poxy league, and yeah, can't I mean, for that. <laughs> in in terms of that moment. And I, I think that's when it became, wow, this guy's a serious manager. And yeah. it was sort of from there we were getting promoted. Yeah. It, it, that was the Austria trip. Yeah. Him just saying, and, right, let's get out of this poxy yeah. league. And Boom. the iconic clip from Wembley is him sliding down the touchline, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure will be played at this 10-year thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's that then. Um, and... Uh, we've got to play Sunderland, so we're going to uh. enjoy that game, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're on a good run of form. We're stuttering. And if there's anything we can do, as I said earlier, we will put <laughs> an end to that run. Of we're going to smash them. Yeah. Come um, on. The other thing I said uh, in in the WhatsApp chat, by the way, the reason we hadn't discussed um, what Fraser said earlier in the WhatsApp chat is because it was football related anyone ever gets the chance to see what the whatsapp chat is it's usually about food um <laughs> we had a whole discussion about cake earlier um yeah, yeah. but i did put this the if, if we need to win nine games between now and the end of the season we will win eight of them and have the ninth one on the last day of the season hope will be left alive as long as possible because it's the hope that kills you. We we won't run away with any leagues. We won't, you know, absolutely we're getting relegated with 10 games to go. That's not Oxford United. We no. will keep things alive and it will be painful and horrible <laughs> every week, whether we go up or stay down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is, it's just the Oxford way and I'm, if you're, I'm sort of used to it. If you're an Oxford fan, you were never, ever promised an easy ride. So don't claim one now. <laughs> no um no and so yeah hope will be left alive we yeah. will you know we will win plenty of games between now and the end of the season yeah and even if we end up in the in the autos it won't be till the last game no uh, it like that's just the way it is and i'd like to think that's what Rufy Roo would think yeah <laughs> um do we do a hi to the whole list of people um we've done We've done a hi Tom today. Hi Tim. Yeah, hi Tom Leonard. Tom Leonard. He listen. He listens. This is his favourite podcast. He told me. Ah, oh, that's he, he doesn't listen to many. No, he <laughs> mate. There's brought, a whole world he, out there. He's what brought Chris Wilder into my mind. But if this is his favourite podcast, like you say, he can't listen to many. But and long may it continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to do a little a little moment for Jerome because we do pick on the the phoning quite a lot. 
One thing Jerome does that I absolutely love is when he's commentating and the ball goes in, he lets the crowd cheer before he says what's happened. Yeah. yeah. And I love that where it, like the the Newcastle bit of commentary mm. where he goes and Holland cheer. Yeah. We're going to extra time, people, and he lets it sink in, and you know that he's about right. to say that yeah. we've scored. Yeah. I love that. You're spot on, Liam. Yeah, they've they've been playing that quite a bit recently on Red Oxford, and it it kind of that cheer is yeah. obviously so loud you can hear that it kind of creates a crackle on the on the microphone. It's a yeah. real, you know, it's kind of like yeah, that that was something. You're right about his commentary. Yeah. I think we're really yeah. lucky to have. You know, this is a lot of talk about the BBC at the moment. I think we're really lucky to get. Every single game, live, exclusive commentary, full commentary, full match commentary on Radio Oxford. Yeah, um, I, yeah very, very lucky to have what we've got from them. Yeah, yeah, couldn't Absolutely. agree more. Um, one more one more negative before we finish this off. Um, anyone who's asking for a refund from any of our losses, <laughs> uh, just it's not, you're, you're paying to go and watch a game of football. That is it. Is anyone that doing is that? I... I it, it, people do, and it annoys me. It ju- I just don't understand it. Uh, I just honestly, you don't you don't phone up and go, ah, oh, we won six nil against Lincoln. Can I pay an extra tenner? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, frustrating. Um, and and especially when, and at an away game, we don't get the money for that. Yeah. I don't know if we get some of it. I don't think we do, do we? Isn't it all to the home team? It's it all goes to the in home a team. league game, that, it is. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's a small amount that goes to the to the away club for the the sort of for selling the tickets. You get like a little commission, apparently. I think that's uh, that's true. So, it, but so essentially, you're going. I want Oxford to pay for my ticket. I don't yeah. want a refund from the money Oxford got. I want them to pay for my ticket and it'll be the same people that moan because we didn't spend more in January. And it <laughs> yeah. oh, it annoys me so much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I if just you can show me rant. on the terms and conditions of a ticket where it says you're promised three points, I'll show you where your refund is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to play Sunderland, we're going to batter them and the of only people asking not. for refunds will have travelled hundreds of miles from the northeast. Right, okay. Well, we will be at Sunderland and hopefully see you there. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye, Reefy Roo. Bye, Tim. Bye, Tim. Bye, Tim. (laughs)